Hey guys, welcome to Behind the Bison, episode four. Technically, yeah, we've done four of these, right? Yeah, this uh, is the fourth one. Yeah. This is we did two the for the first one. season. And then... Yeah, and then we did like a pseudo mm -hmm. Behind the Bison it, thing. So we technically did one in the first season as well, too. But it was before we called it Behind the Bison. We called it yeah. Behind the Ember Island Players. So does that count? So this is, so who knows? No, it does not. So this is really Behind the Bison episode three but it's behind the bison part one of season two because that's what it's we're true. Gonna be talking about it's true yeah so we're just gonna be hey what's going on caleb we're just gonna be talking about what our characters did the journey that they took throughout this season uh much like we did um last season we're gonna be covering kind of the first and second half of the second season and so we just have some things to talk about. Yeah, uh, we, we have a lot of questions from like the listeners first half stuff. of the season. Yeah, yeah, we have questions from listeners that were posted in Discord. Um, and also, if you guys have any questions, uh, if you're listening right now, go ahead and post uh, up in the Twitch chat, and we can answer some of those live. But we split up the first half of the season into five arcs, and we're just gonna sort of cover them, arc by arc, and just hopefully have some good conversations about that cool 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 i'm gonna have so, bad conversations we're gonna have terrible conversations <laughs> it's gonna be so bad so the first arc kind of the first five episodes it's when osa came back and we kind of really met and were introduced to the white lotus that's when we met pangole zaisan ryoshan and I think the biggest, one of the biggest things was Osa just coming back. I kind of, personally, I have kind of completely forgot how predetermined that was. I don't know if the rest of us really knew anything about that. It wasn't predetermined. Yeah, because I remember being kind of surprised, like, oh, it's... I know there was, at the end of season one, there was the, that um, post-credits yeah. scene. Yeah, I mean, like, mm -hmm. it, it, was, so, it was like... The, yeah, the end of season one, I reached out to Justin and was like, hey, I think I'm done playing Shoban for now. What would it look like if we brought Osa back? Mm. But that was about as predetermined as it was. Yeah, it wasn't predetermined in the sense of like we started in season one, episode one, and we're like, all right, Osa's going to die here. And then yeah. we're going to bring him back at the end of this. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was not, that was not predetermined. This is the whole um, plan. So, yeah, nothing like that. Yeah, I think um, the first question I want to ask you guys, um, just talking about the beginning of the second season, um, is just kind of like, how was it returning to these characters after taking that little bit of a break? Because I know we played Brindlewood Bay in between the first and second season. We kind of took a little break. Um, did you guys have any thoughts going back into those characters? Were there any kind of plans you had for them that you were kind of hoping... So how their stories would unfold, um, and so, yeah. Uh, I very much was immediately excited. I was like, "I'm going back to play Che. This is great." And then I was like, <laughs> "Oh, Che just fought his father." <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to play Che. I don't oh, know. No, <laughs> <laughs> no uh, immediately it was uh, not immediately, but after that it was kind of 
just say um i want to like explore deepening relationships with with che and because everything up to that point had been such a survival mode like we're connecting but that's you know that's just in the time that we have in this like space of this emergency that we are in constantly um and i want to see what it would be like to chase those down as che mm. so, so i was pretty excited about that when i decided that's where i wanted to go with sealant yeah and johnny you yeah. were more it was less hopping back into a character you had a longer break with the character you were hopping into yeah. compared to yeah. the rest of us i mean i felt i'll admit i felt pretty disconnected from osa like episode mm. one of season mm. two and it took me a, a while to kind of find my footing again and kind of figure out because i think there's elements too of like osa as a character changed pretty significantly because of the nature of the things yeah. that he'd gone through and so i had to like mm-hmm. spend some time trying to figure out who osa was on top of trying to reconnect with the character yeah mm-hmm. it was almost like an works. entirely brand new character yeah yeah it it's interesting i feel like that works worked to your advantage in that situation because osa himself didn't really know what was going on with yeah. him yeah yeah mm-hmm. wasn't super aware of the situation that he was in mm-hmm yeah there were there was a, a certain level of like normally like the, part of my normal process when we record any given week is i will listen to on saturday i listen to the last week's episode again just to like refresh everything and make sure i know what i'm stepping back into and if i had been coming back as shoban i probably would have re-listened to at least all of the episode shoban was in before coming back for mm-hmm. season two but because I wasn't going back into Shoban and uh, everything that happened with Osa, I intentionally didn't really listen to anything again coming back into season two. Mm. <laughs> oh, and obviously we should say if you listen to this live or if you listen to this before listening to like this season, there will obviously be spoilers. Because oh, yeah. For the entirety of the second season. I just, yeah, want, to I just want to make sure that that's explicit. I just <laughs> want to make sure that's explicit so somebody's not like, spoilers! I'm like, you're you're listening to us talk about the campaign, of course. There's <laughs> this this whole episode will be entirely spoilers. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. a strange scenario that would be. Behind the Bison becomes more popular than our show. <laughs> right? Everyone's <laughs> like, oh, there's a whole show? Oh, they ruined everyone. Oh, I thought they were talking about cool stuff. <laughs> they, they maybe would do at some point in their time <laughs> was there Something anything like that like it. you <laughs> was there anything that you like went into season two like wanting to see happen to your character um that like maybe even didn't like pan out or like we ended up like you dropped it for whatever reason or like we just as a group kind of dropped that thread i know like danny when we were chatting about this you had mentioned um, something for Rosic, and I'm wondering if like anyone else had any um, mm. experiences like that. Um, do you do you, you want to? What was your? Um, I I remember I really I definitely wanted to play Rosic like darker. You know, I was like I want Rosic to be a be be be, be in his sad boy, sad boy season. Which I feel like I kind of got there towards the second half, but that's definitely something I wanted. I kind of got there. 
<laughs> I don't know that there was anything. My my ideas for Che at this such an early stage were really just very obtuse, except for like two mm. things, and it was a conversation with Nauzo mm. with Rosic if I could swing it, which I eventually got, and mm. may, maybe a scene with uh, Sanfen and mm. doing something there. Mm. That was pretty much it. That was like mm. I want those two scenes. Oh, and probably also like a like a like a date with Liko. <laughs> yeah, you got, you got that, that. <laughs> that multiple times. Technically, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That is so interesting. That yeah, I mean, and and even like sometimes I like doing these things and like listening to you all talk because I think it's helpful for not only me as a game master but for anyone else who's listening and playing. Like that, you can come into a story with honestly so little you're like these i just want these two conversations and then as stuff happens you can just like draw stuff out of those scenarios and, and create a, a like a pretty multifaceted story um with almost no plan at all mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i just remember now talking about things that we sort of started as a thread and sort of just let fade away I know we were like, oh, Rosic and Che are going to start training together. And we had like one scene. Yeah. <laughs> well, I insinuated, I was trying to insinuate that we had been training. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Over the, over over the downtime. The, because there was yeah. like mm. space in between season one and two. Yeah, yeah. Time. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, there was a. I feel like there was an unintentional and I don't I don't think it was like a drifting apart, but there were less scenes with like Che and Rosic in the early parts of this season. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that was intentional, but I feel like it became became important because yeah. of what eventually happened to Che, which we are not at yet, but it, it's yeah. very interesting. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. That happened. Yeah, I feel like that added a lot to the story. Like I I felt like it added an element that would have been missing if Shay and Rosa could been, you know, attached at the hip right from mm. the start of the season. Mm. Yeah. And I feel like that also had to do with, I think, something in the back of Rosic's mind, too, was um at the end of the first season when we came back. And then seeing Che's reaction to seeing Sanfen and when he told her, and Rosic being like, oh, like, yeah, that does really suck. <laughs> But the entire time I was just like, oh, we're all going to get back together and we're all going to have a family dinner with mom. And then we get there and he's like, oh. Yeah. So I feel like Rose like, didn't really know how to like mm. talk about that too. Because mm. he was still like, oh, do I stop loving my mom? <laughs> <laughs> so there was that whole like, ah. Oh, I think gosh. if I had to explain it from like Chase's perspective, it was less anything specific like that in his yeah. mind all of that was resolved and we were super cool and he was just focusing on like other people's Osa just came back to life ren's yeah. got mm-hmm. some stuff going on i don't know just try to help him out <laughs> and, and i'm trying to date my girlfriend and that that's about it <laughs> playing a bunch of teens with a lot of trauma and don't know how to emotionally handle it man <laughs> so we we excel at that mm-hmm <laughs> Huh. Justin, what about what about yeah. you coming into the second season? I know you probably had some things loosely planned. Yeah. Like um 
season two was way different than season one because with season one and like what you all told me you wanted it to be about, right? Like you wanted to get to the Earth King to deliver the news. Um, I had to be a little bit more intentional about planning uh, like arcs in the first season because it was like, well, I have to have stuff. We have to have stuff happen between Chin Village and Bossing Say, right? Otherwise, the second episode will be you getting to Bossing Say and then the season's over. And so, like, I had gone into season one with a lot more like, these I think are the arcs and the places that I'm gonna have, they're gonna stop at along their way to Bossing Say. And with season two, I. I'm trying to think of anything before we started recording. Like, obviously, like as we started recording, um, you know, I started thinking about like, oh, let's point them in this direction. Um, but I had, I didn't have like all those arcs planned out like I did with season one. Mm. Um, I think uh, I I had the. Um, they're much looser, I guess, is what it was than season one. It was like, I was like, oh, it'd be really cool to do um, a scene um, with the dragons uh, mm. for Che and Rosic. I think that'd be really cool. And like, I had thought like, oh, maybe that will be like its own like larger arc. And it ended up just being like a couple episodes, um, mm. which was fine too. But and and then so like that was something I had like loosely been like, that'd be interesting to, to explore. And... Uh, oh, and the spirit library, um, and I and I, I didn't have like a connection to like wh- why it was important or whatnot, but like I was like we have to at least go to the spirit library at some mm-hmm. point um, over these two seasons. I, those were kind of the only two that um, Johnny's internet dropped out. That's okay though. Uh-oh. Sometimes it's fine. He'll be back. Mm-hmm. Um, there he is. I think I think the dragon and the spirit library were really the only two that I came in being like. We have to do if this. we can if we like, can yeah. make those work into what with the story that ends up unfolding that'd be great and it and it did, um, yeah. It seemed like it. Yeah. it seemed like during season two, at least it seemed to me that you took it in a lot more like oh let's see where the players like go with this by the yeah. end of the episode and that'll sort yeah. of determine the direction that we head in. Yeah, the following exactly. episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I I was um I knew that and I knew that like the end was gonna be a confrontation with Iron, which actually didn't even end up happening. Yeah. Um <laughs> but I, I knew there's gonna be some some big confrontation with the antagonist that we were setting up. And I kind of knew like the parameters and, and, and what that would look like. Um, but literally everything in between was just like let's let's figure out what this looks like um mm-hmm. yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah this arc is also when we were introduced to the white lotus we meet pangole saison and ryoshan i forgot if it's either saison or ryoshan that taught ren the uh the chi blocking zishan which sounds Zishan. a lot like Zyson. okay Zishan. I was not. I was neither of those. Okay. All right. Wait. We gotta. We gotta wait for a second before we. I think before we get to. Uh, to the White Lotus, because like, Osa's resurrection. <laughs> like <laughs> we all we knew it was skip- coming. Yeah. Yeah. And like we talked about like plans for our characters. Yeah. I, and Danny's the only other 
player here. So, so sorry, Justin, not to exclude you, but like, I don't know about you, Danny, but I was like, I, this is like the most complex, like emotional thing I've ever had to play mm. that, yeah. like RP. Yeah. Cause Che like did not take us as well. <laughs> I mean, none of us did being none kids, but like yeah. that was so clear in my mind to be like, this is exactly how Che is going to react to this. I know exactly how he's going to react to it. And, um, it was so natural. Like even in the moment I was like portraying Che, like when did the death happen? Like it was just so obvious, mm. but this was just like, I don't know how, how to do mm. this. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, cause it's, it's, it's obviously it's something that you can't relate to. Like someone died right, and yeah. then came back to life. Mm. And what does that mean? Like, what is, what is that? I don't know. Did you have that difficulty, Danny, or is, was that just me? Yeah, no, I don't know. So I feel like, and I feel like you can touch on this more, but I feel like it, you were kind of playing Che in a way that he seemed particularly um, hurt by it, by Osa's death. Like, especially Osa being like, oh, I'm choosing this. And I mean, going back to that scene, Che was doing everything he could to sort of stop it and he couldn't so i feel like it really felt like a failure for che i think i remember playing rosak just sort of like osa <laughs> so, dude so glad he's back yeah i think that i think that yeah. might have been a, a bit easier for you as, as rosak yeah because yeah. yeah i had really built up because if you guys remember in the first season that the when che makes the decision to uh cut off Liko's arm, like, to just give up on it and just make sure mm. she's fine. He rationalizes it by saying afterwards that, like, yeah, you wanted to give up on us, but, like, I can't let you do that. Yeah. Like, Osa did that, and it was wrong mm. of him to do that. Yeah. And, li like, so that being that. there just made it very... Mm -hmm. It's yeah. like... Dude. It's like Osa's back. All right, Osa, you gonna say sorry? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like it, obviously yeah, yeah. Che was happy that he was alive, but then having to deal with like, hey, what? Like you shouldn't have done. Like, yeah, we could have. And it, and I love also that like that conversation that we ended up having about it, which I think is technically in the no, it's in this arc. This is when we were talking to White Lotus, so we can transition mm -hmm. to that. But when we when Osa and Che finally had their conversation about it. It felt very much like Oso was concerned with like, oh, you're like, like, is it the fact that I'm alive again? Or is it the morality of like killing or not killing mm. uh, she? Not at all. Che just cared that you <laughs> like didn't include them in the fight and thus like ended your own life. <laughs> and, yeah. Like yeah. if we had just done it together, it would have been fine. And yeah. The, yeah just i like yeah I liked which that. is i think an interesting thing too because i don't know how well this came across but like osa like didn't regret doing that like for him like that was the ultimate decision like he doesn't have to yeah. figure out how to navigate a world without the people that he loved and doesn't have to like go on knowing that the person responsible for their deaths is still out there like it was a win-win in mm. osa's mind and yeah. like the only part yeah. of the whole thing that he regretted was how much it hurt you for yeah. and like but the but he didn't feel any remorse about what happened in and of itself right yeah and i was like i feel like we talk about those episodes a lot because i think that really changed the tone of oh yeah the entire campaign um mm -hmm. 
I, if it's it strikes me that like I mean up until that moment when Osa died, like you guys still all had been through some stuff, but you're all still really getting to know each other, and it yeah. almost feels like Osa's death is what binded the four of you together. Mm. And so, like, like to Johnny's point, like Osa may have like started having some connections with the four of you. But like, in, like, as Johnny just said, like, in Osa's head, it was like, you know, like, I'm not really losing anything. Like, yeah, it's hurting these people that I've been hanging out with and I'm, I'm sure it'll suck. But like, I think that that event is what made the four of you a family mm. mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. And Osa was a, not part of that, right? Like, he's, he's outside of that event. Trauma bonding. <laughs> yeah well i mean shape Ch- yeah, finally works. breaks down soon after that yeah it yeah. works that was He's not like, with osa uh, mm-hmm. yeah oh <sighs> oh this one is something i want to personally apologize for to justin this is in the notes <laughs> please uh, the struggle of introducing permanent and loved mentor figures shape <laughs> This was never going to be down for most of those. I'm I know. very sorry. I know. I, I was, I was, uh, when Danny and I were going through all this and we were just like chatting about some things we could talk about in questions, I was like, I had intended the White Lotus to be like mentor figures to all of yep. you. And like, it, like, uh, <laughs> Pangole, um, you know, Zyson could teach, uh, Rosic, um, Ryoshan could teach Osa. And yeah. I also, so if you also remember too, the um, the White Lotus member in charge of like the the animal husbandry uh, was a one armed like animal tender, mm-hmm. and it was just something that like I mentioned, and I, I like Monroe did not latch on to that really at all, and so I was like, okay, cool, uh, not really something you're interested in. Um, it was yeah. so I like I spent two seasons <laughs> trying to introduce people that you would come back to <laughs> throughout the seasons as like somebody you value their opinion of and like we had uh, Danny and I were like we had some people that like for a time they were that yeah, like Toko was kind of like that yeah. and um, Danny was like even even the Earth King uh, not the Earth King but um, the the, um, the King, uh, of Amashu, King of Amashu um yeah. was like that as well and and Zishan for Ren but like the whole for two seasons I wanted someone that you came back to like that was at least one of your like long-standing permanent mentor that you're like what are we gonna do about this situation I know let's go ask and that you just never there's nobody that you trusted <laughs> enough to, to I mean, do that i feel like if there's anyone, if there's anyone in a clear. position of authority che will try his hardest to slowly pick to a heart and expose their yeah. flaws yeah. <laughs> it was like a direct... it's not that he tries to do that it happened automatically <laughs> there was like a direct well, and... correlation between like how much che felt like he could get from them if he was nice to them versus yeah. how much authority yes. they had and if he felt like they were trying to wield more authority yeah. than they had usefulness he was gonna be an <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. mental math every single yeah, time, every time. It out. Yeah. and like that to some extent like i i can't blame you because like i was probably never gonna introduce like an iro type figure that wasn't flawed mm. right like i i want your mentors to be flawed a little bit mm-hmm. and no, i feel good. like anytime yeah. the flaw came up 
like as teens you're like well i don't i don't really respect I don't trust you, you at all <laughs> i don't trust you <laughs> i think yeah. the the important part for che in that equation really was just like that authority sign of it like i think an uncle iroh figure no matter how fun probably would have worked out for che because yeah. like mm. uncle iroh remember was like retired and like totally not actually yeah abdicated yeah, well, not everything important, yeah. but like yeah yeah abdicated like literally as little mm. powers he could possibly have he could possibly have yeah that's why i feel like toko flaws, came they didn't really have an impact yeah toko is big yeah. mm-hmm. the dragons were obviously like he he thought that their authority sure. was like they had earned it like these sure. things of yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, pure element yeah. so would you say that Che's like mindset was sort of like oh your flies in the position <laughs> that you hold could hurt people it's less that they're they were flawed and more of the flaws of how they wielded their authority mm. or at least how he related those things yeah. sure right because so, i mean yeah i mean it, in my mind it was it made sense because it was like a thing of like at least the way i interpreted it was he was raised under this brutal authoritarian and so anytime yeah. he sees yeah. anyone trying to wield authority it automatically mm-hmm. flips that switch of like oh you're just like now so and i can't trust you yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's probably that's not yeah, part of it. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's really hard not to say that's not part of it. Um, <laughs> I wasn't gonna say. Oh, oh, yeah. And I did want to say, Che did pay for that because che, whenever Che got troubled, Che was troubled for a long time, a long time. Because who could he turn to? Yeah, yeah. Che was legitimately troubled. Um, I think through like the second half of this, like half of this, yeah. so like. The, if you want to say like the second quarter of the season through to the third quarter of the season wow he was troubled for a very long time yeah, yeah for like almost half of the season yeah that's crazy i don't know if all the other players were like that but i think rose like pretty much never had all conditions cleared throughout the season i think he once we got into like the action and sort of stopped like sort of downtime-esque downtime-esque sort of periods rose like had just had a condition marked yeah, <laughs> yeah. Osa, it was pretty easy to clear Osa's conditions, and then I was able to actually just actively clear all of my conditions once I got that. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, all right, (laughs) Osa's fine. (laughs) Let's let's move on. Let's move on, Danny. Yeah. So yeah, speaking of our rejection of people and authority, we sort of just met the White Lotus. Give us an animal. Let's go. Oh, Chad! <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you're useful in a sense that you can give us Chad. We're leaving. <laughs> I, I really liked Chad yeah. a lot. I like yeah. Chad. I yeah. love how hilariously that that like coalesced into a, yes. like, a character. A bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. One of the Such most ridiculous things we've done. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we took Chad. We found out. I forgot exactly how. We found out, like, Iron's plans. But you... The White Lotus had information that he was on his way to Ankela. That was, Mm. I think, the last that the White Lotus had seen Iron. Yeah. 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 So, the Ankela arc. Arc 2. A lot of crazy things happened in this arc, too. A lot happened here. There's a whole theater production. This is when Ren was sort of finding himself. Uh probably next week see if we can touch on that more yeah i'll have to talk about that yeah. with steve uh, if you guys didn't notice steve isn't here but steve is on a, a plane right now mm-hmm. but he'll be here next week 
oh, this spooky episode happened here. Uh, <laughs> I lost my face. Um, Jay lost his face. I want. I want to start out asking this session, uh, this question, guys. Yeah. Spooky episode. Spooky episode. Spooky Halloween episode from season one or Halloween episode from season two. Uh, season two, I felt like was scarier. I felt like it. Yeah. Was a lot more visceral for me. Mm. I had a lot more on the line personally. So I was like, <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I said. Very yeah. stressful for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Liko is the only one who was involved in both. That's true. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. That is interesting. I was telling Danny, I think you guys are right. I think, I think season two's scarier for sure. Um, like I definitely tried to play up the, the horror aspect of it more than than I think it was longer one. too. I think the whole horror um, sequence it, lasted longer. It was a little bit longer mm-hmm. too, yeah. Um something else Che was immediately done with, not just authority, but with uh with spirits instantly. He was just like Yeah. This is just the worst. Like, I'm not messing with this. I'm we fought that first this. crab thing and then Che yeah. was immediately turned off. He was like, <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm done with this. Never again. And immediately <laughs> had to fight all of the co-lings yeah. and co yeah, himself. That, and that was such a balance too. Like I remember it was actually, I think, after this arc that Johnny it was like after we were done recording, I think Johnny was like, I'm getting real frustrated fighting these spirits. And I was like, that's fair. That's fair. Cause you like, it's, it's hard to balance that. Like, I want you guys to be able to beat the fight or like overcome the obstacle. But like, it's very clear. Like you can't do anything against a spirit. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you're, yeah. you're going to lose if you straight up fight a spirit. And so we had to do this balancing act of like finding ways to like create fights that you could win with a spirit, I guess. And then also like, introducing other combatants as well and that was mm-hmm. that was difficult too because like i you know it was it was mostly after the osa flashback scene or episode that we had that um like introduced kavo and ketsune and and that i was like okay well this is gonna be a part of the like the end fight right like mm. um yeah and like with Iron, I was starting to like connect those two together. And so I was like, okay, it's going to be against a spirit. So y'all kind of made that happen for yourselves. <laughs> That's we really this victim to blame ourselves. Okay. Yeah, all right. All right, Justin. <laughs> Speaking Justin's of people in positions of authority right. with flaws. <laughs> no, I, I actually, I actually always wanted to, to have campaign, like uh, at least a campaign or even a season that like focused on spirits. Um, like before we chose this era, uh, I had thought of a campaign. Feel free to use this if you're listening. Maybe I'll run it someday. But I had thought of a, a Korra era campaign set after the spirit portals are open. Because now that the Avatar has said that they're not the connection between the two realms, right? Like, they're not the diplomat. Um, I was like, well, if all these good spirits are coming through the portals, there's probably a bunch of bad spirits that come through the portals as well, too. And if the Avatar is not there to deal with it, what if there was like a... Um, a secret branch of Republic City's military that was like tasked with like hunting down spirits across the four nations. And, and so when, when things started getting set up for season two, I was like, Oh, we should do some spirit stuff. Cause I think it's, it's fun. Hmm. And spirit stuff ended up being the, 
sort of the whole thing, leading factor of this season. And was yep. the tying point. Yeah. Well, I think spirits and spirituality was like the big underlying mm. thread, um, which was really cool to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I gotta say because I feel like I have to address it. Uh, <laughs> J- Justin gave me full full ability to choose exactly what happened. I think he just trusted me with picking the consequences uh, of Che getting the face. Uh, yeah. I got to decide what it looked like. Uh, yeah. Immediately, immediately saw the potential of making it look like Nalzao, and uh, <laughs> it was, it was very because um, Ch- Justin was like, "You gotta like lose something. You gotta, you know, forget about something." And obviously, like at top of the list in our conversations about it was like Liko, right? Like forget yeah. about Liko, but. I just thought it was so much more interesting, especially with how the season had been going, like f- can, being able to continue following that thread instead of having to like mm. cut it off and like do Shit a new it. one. Yeah, 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 yeah. To be able to like instead add some new drama and new like things going on to yeah. the relationship between Che and Rosic, which had like, yeah. again, we had said like we were kind of like drifting apart and yeah, uh, to some extent. So like, that was really yeah. worked. Such a good choice. When, Such a good when choice. Danny and I, when Danny <laughs> and I were talking, I I think that I'm trying to remember, like, I think it was that general. It was like, yeah, you get a face back, but you have to lose something. And I think I don't remember if it was me or if it was you that was like you lose a memory of someone. And yeah, like I didn't I don't I'm we were texting you and I like off air, obviously, and yep. like trying to figure that out. But I like I wasn't pushing you towards anything. Like um, I, was, I, I trust you. Well, you to, wanted to it to be decision. like, <laughs> yes, yeah. I wasn't that. like, I forgot about um, the fact that I left the stove on before I left Project Spark. Yeah. <laughs> to a certain extent, we also joked around with like, uh, not joked around, but considered like him forgetting one of his parents. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. That's something that Rosic San- was holding on to. Rosic was holding on to Sanfen. Isn't he was like, oh, if you forget mm-hmm. Sanfen, then he won't be hurt by her anymore. And then I can help <laughs> mend that relationship. That was sort of Rosic's mindset. <laughs> I <laughs> like see that was also interesting. <laughs> see, Che Che couldn't forget about Naozao because yeah. it, he is such such a continuation of that yeah. like narrative. That like you can't just forget. Gap now, he'd just be a different person. He'd just yeah. be. He wouldn't even be a person, right? Well, <laughs> I, feel, I, I feel like this kind of leads into um, uh, one of the questions from listeners, um, which was, "Where is it? What did? Were there plans to have the story being more affected yeah. by Chase's face being replaced by Nauzaus from Fakbo?" Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like what you're saying, like, kind of gets into that a little bit. Because I feel like it kind of depended on what Nick chose for who he like what he forgot. Yeah. Right? Like, cause if you just you just like if you had chosen to forget Nauzao, the fact that you have Nauzao's face would have been far more interesting. Right? Sure. I probably would have set up a lot more interactions with X Project Spark members with Fire yeah. Nation that recognized yeah. you. And you would have been like, who is that? Like who, who is this person? yeah um but doing rosic really put it into my hands and i i tried to commit to this i i, I have not listened back through for everything <laughs> i tried to play che less familiar with rosic i almost only i've tried to only refer to him as rosic because remember at that point Che's like okay rosic 
launcher is here and i don't know why <laughs> i probably <laughs> forgot about him i don't know how close we were so i'll just use yeah. his name i'll just talk to him like that yeah and i really tried to commit to that i don't know if i if i was successful because you know it's multiple no, episodes I, multiple weeks. i think it made sense i think it made sense yeah. that, like because I, I like that you getting, and you like getting some inklings yeah and you like narrowed it too like it wasn't like you didn't know who rosic was yeah it was just that the time in between, like in the time of this campaign, is what I forgot. I think yeah. that's a good choice. Yeah, yeah. The time of actually like knowing him is mm-hmm. is was gone. Because mm-hmm. like uh, Chase, Chase very smart and quick, and so like yeah. I can totally see him like coming back, seeing this person that he's like, I know who this is. I don't know why they're here, so I'll just use their name and I'll just assume that we're on friendly terms for the moment, and then I'll figure it out later. <laughs> And like, I also liked it because it kind of allowed me to reset. Well, I mean, it did reset our relationship to a somewhat of a zero. And so, like, I got to play mm. around with like, what what was Rosic to Chain? Yeah. Bef- yeah. If if, if Rosic wasn't his savior, right? Yeah. Mm. And so I got to say stuff like, yeah, I knew everything about you because mm. Nauzal was always watching you. Yeah. yeah. Like, why do you think your friend was was so close with you? His parents were there mm. to spy on you. Yeah. Um, this, I think this was also, obviously the Mother of Faces came to give Chase face back. Dosa summoned the Mother of Faces, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so was this, correct me if I'm wrong, was this also the start of Osa marking his destiny track? No. Uh, I think he had done it before. It might have been the first time we were like aware of it as a party yeah Yeah. because the first time it was part of this arc it was related to this but there was another when we were getting attacked by another spirit i called on another spirit that came out of the spirit realm to like fight the Mm. spirit for us and like you chase them even before that you this was the first time we saw osa reach out to iron and start talking about iron Yeah. yeah, I think that was the, I think that was the first time you did that. Yeah, I thought that might have been. A it was when you were trying to figure out like where it. No, it was like where is he? What is he up to? It was before the play. I think that was. I was trying to remember this, uh, and maybe we'll ask Steve. Maybe Steve remembers. Um, but like, wh- how? Why you asked me what his weakness is? I'm trying to remember. Like, was that <laughs> a playbook question? Was that? Oh, it yeah. must have been a playbook question. It must have been. No, I can't remember. Because um, it had to have been a specific playbook question. And I'm trying to remember if it, was, if it was Steve's, if it was Ren's, or Osa's. I can't find make a playbook right now. Yeah, that was... I mean, I, we should definitely talk about this with Steve. I loved that mm-hmm. uh, an, an innocuous line, like his weakness is the theater. The theater! Ended up becoming... Yeah. Like, what? What does, that mean? what does that mean? What does that mean that his weakness is the theater? <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just... He folds. He, he, he folds. He's, he's, he's a, a, a brochure for a show. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> um, but, like, it ended up being something for steve to explore with ren which i thought was really interesting like that ended yeah. up being like a pretty pivotal part of ren's personality yeah, yeah. ren's a playwright ren is well, he's an artist <laughs> like it felt like yeah it was yeah very interesting. ren discovered a piece yeah. of himself because we figured out a weakness that iron had mm-hmm. yeah. yeah yeah that was uh this was such and a fun also, Dan and I were laughing that it never came up again. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think that's going to be a theme talking about this season. There, I feel like there's some threads that we're like, oh, this would be so cool, but we're sort of just forgotten about. So I think we might end up seeing a lot of that. Um, I think we referenced the playwright thing a couple of times. You're right that it didn't yeah, really get yeah. used. Him yeah. being like, there, but we never, but you never Iron used Iron's the weakness of the theater. Yeah, in I don't know. Head, I think we did. In my head, it. Um, it well, we're not there yet, but in my head, it, it meant that he was like, he just loved seeing plays, and yeah, yeah, like you like he would, he would. He loved it so much. That's what I. Yeah. That's what I imagined it being. Um, before we move on to this next crazy kooky arc, <laughs> I will also have a name for this arc. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you guys once we hop into it. Uh, we have some really good questions in the Twitch chat yeah, let's here. Do let's do it. Let's I would like to cover. Um, the first one is anyone else experiencing Johnny's stream stutter? <laughs> I am not. That's no. <laughs> we, we aren't. We're very sorry. Um, <laughs> the first one no. is actually for uh, you, Justin. Uh, Alyssa asked, how often do you have to review the rules in between um, playing different games? Um, is it like kind of hard yeah. to switch back and forth between different rules? I don't know how much you're doing that this early in the season, but I know it got to point like we started Forge yeah, and... Yeah um i i try to make a habit of reading the core rule book every month or at least like skimming through it um i usually find stuff i i didn't notice the first time going mm. through uh we've we've answered questions like this i think in our discord um and mm -hmm. one is that like once you start uh once you've played enough powered by the apocalypse like i or forged in the dark is another one um like I just uh, pull, I just we just got back from Gen Con and I got a bunch of games, um, and I'm reading through this Forged in the Dark game called Rebel Crown, which is really cool. You're playing like um, it's it's very Hamlet. You're playing like a, a group of uh, well, someone's the king that was disposed, and now you're trying to like take back. Oh my gosh! Oh my god! Surprise! It's a oh my gosh! Everybody hear me okay? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Everyone is there. Yeah. Well, that is, I could not be more enthused and encouraged by the fanfare. I really, I, I feel great. Thank you. Yeah. Good to see you, buddy. Feel the love. Oh. I am in the airport, as you can probably tell. Was yes. the flight delayed? Yeah, uh, no, but I have maybe 20 minutes till boarding. Oh, okay. nice. um, awesome. All right, speed and, round. Uh, we got to ask. Yeah. Well, I don't know how long I have Wi Fi, though, because it says 45 minute batches, and I started yeah, yeah. that for sure like 40 minutes ago. Oh, so let's see what happens. I'm going to answer, like, I'm gonna I don't know. finish my answer real quickly, which is that like once you start reading Powered by the Apocalypse, you can kind of skip through mm -hmm. a lot of the rules because it, it functions pretty similarly. Um, mm hmm. But I like I have the rules up um, whenever we're playing. Um, I have a I have a setup that helps me see like pretty much all of the main rules all in all in one go. Um, so like I, I I don't review the rules all that often. Um, you can usually kind of come back to it pretty pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. That's why I was also when we started Forge Two, it was pretty easy for me just to switch between uh, Scop yeah. and uh avatar legends yeah but but i do think it takes some practice and it takes like some mm -hmm. yeah 
But um, Steve, we were just talking about the whole um, Ankela arc and uh-huh. Ren and his discovering his <laughs> love of theater. <laughs> yes, yes. That was probably one of my favorite parts of season two. Yeah, yeah. honestly. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, the telenovela kind of vibe. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I thought it was a telenovela. Yes. Oh, God. Yeah, that was really good. But, yeah. Uh, I, if anyone had forgotten about Steve's performance of the play, incredible. So good. Thank you. So good. Steve just went off for like 10 or 15 moment. minutes. Yeah, we yeah. were all just, just watching him. Just like... <laughs> Oh, it's so good. Okay, wait. I no, do. Wanna... Sometimes I feel like we just we have a we all have a question inside of us just gnawing at us for years. And yeah. mine was, can I just do a solo musical? <laughs> and the answer <laughs> is yes. Yes. Yeah, the answer is yeah. I really wanted to fit this question in because uh, I could only ask Danny before as a player, sure. Steve, yeah. as a player. What the heck was going through your head when like you had to realize that like Ren has to react to Osa being alive? Like, was that difficult for you? Uh, it was very difficult for me to sort of figure out and play through, like, Che's reaction. That was... I was wondering if it was the same for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, there are so many layers to that, like, the initial moment of, like, seeing someone again, especially when Osa was not in the same body, and you had to kind of piece together your belief that this is the same person through and through, but he's also different, and you're trying to feel out that difference and what it could mean for your dynamic. I think all those layers made it like a really good challenge um i forget exactly like what the first waves of like actual concrete response was from ren like i think ren was in touch with osa through meditation and so like was already like feeling pretty hopeful pretty like like pushing on che that like osa's alive um and so like once that was pieced together with like a flesh and bone you know reality i think it was just like I can sort out whatever we need to sort out about this, but what matters to me is that it's you. Mm. Um, mm. And uh, yeah, I mean, Osa as a good character and a good player would on Johnny's part instantly added all the layers of complication oh, to that yeah. relationship. <laughs> so. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. I don't know if that answers your question, Nick, but I think those are some of the layers of what I was thinking about and what Ren was trying to figure out. No, that's perfect. That's good. That's great. As the pull-togetherer of the group, mm-hmm. I think this was just another one of those opportunities where Ren was like, this is Osa. You all need to believe that. Just, just hug. Just hug it out. Get together. Ren's yeah. just constantly like, let's just all be friends, please. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's the, a, deepest, the deepest angst. There's a cynical level where that's the reason beyond every other conceivable reason that osa reached out to ren and not to anyone else in the group when he was like i'm back mm. 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 interesting yeah <laughs> makes sense right that's oh, tracking but steve do you want to talk more about the theater while we have you sure yeah what do you want to know <laughs> i was so first off i'm trying to remember was it a playbook move because the question was, what is Iron's weakness? And I'm trying to remember <laughs> why I was asked that question to begin with. It had to have oh. been a playbook move. It had to have been your um, I, uh, yeah. life's true delights. I it, exactly. I was going to say, it might have been life's true delights that yeah. could have given me that type of insight. Like, I don't know of any other move that I had that could give me just that depth of insight without yeah. Yeah. some event. 
And um, yeah, that's so. <laughs> I remember being so caught off guard by that question. <laughs> so I totally <laughs> ran with that. Uh, oh wait, I actually asked that in character to Pengole. Pengole is oh, the one who told me. That kind of been like a, a joking aside. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> that is so. It wasn't. You just asked it, and I decided to give you an answer. And you lit. You. <laughs> no! Oh no, we lost and, him. And, it's oh, man, and that's it. And that's it. That's it. No, no I, it was it was a dance because like I, I, I didn't. I was trying to like. I was like, well, I don't want to be like if you stab him in this one, you know, or like, I, like if yeah. you stab him, he dies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he dies. Like or like I don't know. Or like lose too much blood. So that was the cutoff. That was the cutoff, I guess. But that ain't probably gonna, it's probably going to happen a lot. <laughs> I, should have, I should have 45 minutes more, but I don't have that much time on the wait uh, oh, yeah. for the boarding. But yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. But Wi-Fi-wise, I'm back. There you go. Yeah. It would have been a little on the nose if you're like, his mother dipped him in a magical pool, so nothing but his ankle is... <laughs> so like, that was... Know? Some of that was going through my head a little bit, is like, is there something that Iron did that gave him power, and if you were to like, stop, you know, like... You know the classic, mm-hmm. like he he tore his heart out, and his heart is yeah. like he has a horse locked down somewhere, somewhere or yeah. something like that. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, that seems too like I didn't want to give you like a like a deus machina way to just like kill the villain. Like I wanted it. We were at the beginning of season two. Like I wanted it to be a bit more of a challenge, but I also didn't want to like give you nothing. And yeah, I, I, I loved like- that you turned mm-hmm. it into something. <laughs> It was very ATLA, you know, like this is this Iron is just a man who loves yeah. theater. He just and loves Steve Scott. <laughs> the theater. Uh, Steve I was, was really open. Time airport security. I was really open. Just, to, yeah. yeah. But um, this next it. arc, the title I came up with for this arc just now is Fear and Loathing in the Siwang Desert. <laughs> I think that's a good one, right? It's a pretty good it's one. It's a, it's good it's a pretty good one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this was a fun one. It was a, it was a, a, um, a completely unintentional arc. I'll tell you that much. I had I every that... plan to just get you guys to the enclave and start nope. there, and then you're like, "We take the cactus juice," and I'm like, "You're gonna take the like clearly laced cactus is, juice." You gotta, the, you gotta the, take the, a the step back from, You gotta take a step back from there because it's it's so much funnier to remember that before that we were heading, we were going to head to the desert. Yeah, we stopped at a random like northern water tribe village. <laughs> yeah, and Ren tried to have like a whole arc yep. there, mm-hmm. and also was like, "We should <laughs> nope. not." Or do out. that, <laughs> yeah. and then we immediately had a whole arc in a random <laughs> sand villager village because we decided to take something from the beetle merchants. Yep, so <laughs> ridiculous. I um, I remember that moment. I remember who drank it first. I think it might have been Rosic, and then someone jokingly said, "I the drink it too." Juice. And then I just went around and asked yeah. all of you. Like, or, you so you all drink it? it? I think it was Rosex's yeah. idea, but he drank it last because I remember Danny saying that he drained what was left. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> like, he was immediately so... peer pressured into that. He was just <laughs> like, 
He did not want to do it. He was not going to do it. And then <laughs> Lee goes like, yeah. let's do it. And he was like, okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. But one of the more oh interesting things gosh. I think from that arc, and if I can ask Steve, oh, we've got you back. <laughs> um, like, yeah. how did, how did Ren, like, what was going through like Ren's heart and mind and everything with Osa kind of being like, we can't help everybody. We can't keep stopping to like try and save every village we come across. Um, and we just yeah. need to, like, move on. I mean, and it was tough. Trip trip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, that too. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was tough to wrestle with the idealist arc and the natural kind of fictional direction of Ren becoming a bit more jaded. Maybe jade is not the best mm. word, but there was an aspect of callousing and loss and like accepting our limitations. And um, so I think that I would resist, like Ren would resist a lot of that on the surface, partly because it was his habit and he felt like it was his job to be hopeful mm. and to draw the group back to a place of optimism and to like, yes, we can help, we can change things, but also um, I think internally, Ren was probably assenting to that more than he let on. And mm -hmm. sometimes that showed up because he wouldn't um, fight as hard to stick around and help or ask as many people what's wrong in their lives. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. <sighs> Did we talk about repressed uh, childhoods, you know, and like the, the need to be a child? <laughs> Did we talk about that? No. <laughs> just Just because you brought up the musical. Yeah. Like that oh, is yeah. what I was thinking about for Ren. Mm. Oh. Um, we had this accumulation mm. of yeah. just like being forced to be adults in a world where adults are incompetent and can't be yeah. who they should be for us. And so all these yeah. kids are essentially thrown into this position of absurd responsibility. Um, and Ren was starting to react to that whenever he could catch a moment to breathe mm. to be like, maybe we should have fun. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, I and it. I tried to push that. And I actually, I know you guys, um, probably know this already but like i get into like a speech writing headspace sometimes when i think about character interaction mm. um uh and like one of the speeches that i had written that, ne that i never shared was me addressing the whole group trying to get mm. us to like be kids again and and stop shouldering so much responsibility no! which is kind of a funny pivot <laughs> the irony of where he gets cut off no. so, it's so funny uh yeah um just i mean yeah. sorry about your thing no, I was just going to finish on Steve's point. Oh, oh, there he is. Anyway, so it's, it, was, <laughs> it was quite a pivot for Ren to, to consider yeah. him preaching on, like, we should not be as responsible for everybody's problems. Anyway, mm. I don't know why Steve, this keeps I, happening. It's all right. I'm, I might suggest if it happens again, uh, we'll just see you next week. Right on. Maybe, uh... Right on. <laughs> but, um, Justin, I know going back to the the whole cactus juice trip, I know yeah. you had a plan. You were like, everyone's going to wake up. It's going to be a hangover part one totally. sort of vibe. They're going to yeah. wake up. Some, every, some, there's going to be something different. There's going to be things that they discover. I forgot what you had done. Did you just roll on a table or you just sort of like yeah, think about the I first thing that you had a table that you rolled on? Yeah. Uh, so I actually, I, I <laughs> Wikipedia the plot of hangover one and hangover two. And I was I was looking at the things that happened to them when they woke up and taking inspiration from that. Um, oh and there are obviously God. some stuff that like we couldn't do, but that's why um, I don't even remember the NPC's name. But that's why he was in the trunk. Just, just oh, like yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. they do yeah. that to yeah, the yeah, because yeah. they yeah. they have that yeah yeah. Oh um, so God. that was the inspiration there, uh, and then everything else is just kind of yeah like. Yeah, drawing inspiration from and 
yeah <laughs> just being goofy that, that, that was, was a fun was... arc that was a very much needed arc for me i think because it was um i love the i love those arcs because it like i can kind of just like turn my gm brain off a little bit and like plan a little bit more like the next couple arcs and i think that's why like the enclave ended up being like such a such a like lengthy and like uh full arc and we had a lot like, we did a lot there um mm. the same with um uh wanya the first mm. time you guys go to wanya um the first like two or three episodes was kind of just an intro and so i had a lot of time to like plan the next arc of of season one and that was wanya and so i put a lot more thought into like the npcs and the characters that show up there and yeah. um, and i felt like the enclave was was similar in that regards to to this yeah mm -hmm. um this this actually leads into a just talking about this arc in general leads into a good question that Factbo has in the Twitch chat. Just kind of considering how, like, we decided to sort of just trust some people, take some cactus juice, which led into this crazy ass arc. Um, Factbo asked, he said, uh, he sometimes felt like that the characters were too suspicious of everyone. If they were just a little bit more trusting, maybe they could have gotten into some fun situations. Do you guys find that? I feel like well yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but they weren't they weren't trusting they weren't trusting for a reason i think yeah. that the fact that the arc happens um and it doesn't i don't think at any i don't i don't i'm sure there are people who would but i don't i don't think you could make a, a very strong argument that this was just like uh, the players having too much fun and like we were all out of character the choice to do this was very much in character mm -hmm, and i yeah. think it's an expression of the argument that osa and ren had had where mm. like oh ren was right like we fundamentally need to experience like more like fun and like being children and being irresponsible to mm. some extent and osa is also right that like but also we have all these things we need to do and we need to go do them yeah. and i mm. think it broke i think it broke specifically liko first as our leader mm. i think mm. that pressure got to her and she was like here's this opportunity to literally be as irresponsible as possible and we're yeah. just gonna mm. do it and yeah. we did yeah <laughs> right um, in the porta potty across the desert <laughs> you, you know you, know, did you have to <laughs> Oh yeah, that's that an interesting <laughs> yeah. question. This yeah, no, a nice, I mean, short, chill arc. What were you gonna say? No, I was just gonna say like, isn't that most? I feel like that's most players in TTRPGs. They like never trust any of the GM's characters. <laughs> Well, yeah, oh. <laughs> right. Like, come on, that's a little part. And of like, it. it's, it's part of it. I feel like it does. Uh, like, it happens a lot more in D and D, right? Because like, Rolls I think most Rolls players' Rolls. minds. Yeah, it's like most players' mindset is like, oh, it's me against the DM. Um, mm -hmm. I think you got to break that a little bit. Empowered by the apocalypse, because uh, it like they're very clear. Like, it's not. And I would even say, even in D and D and Pathfinder, like it's not a you versus them thing. It's like you're all creative. It shouldn't be. Together. It becomes collaborative storytelling. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, moving on from this arc, the Enclave, one of the heftiest arcs of this half of the season. A lot. Oh, of real quick, happened here. So, something just real quick before we oh, go yeah, to that yeah. one. Something that was never addressed. Uh, che was super fucking, just super angry about the 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 uh, tattoo thing. 
pissed and had and jealous and had no way of expressing that and we just never got to it <laughs> so just establishing that now it's just Anyways, you to get over it there, also someone <laughs> you know switch someone on twitch asked if Lico still no. has the tattoo and i can't remember if we said this on air we might not have said it on air but i know behind the scenes at the very least we had discussed how yeah. the way that tattoos work like for real in real life a waterbender yeah, 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 would have yeah. been able to pull a tattoo out of their own skin and i think that's what Lico yeah. ended up doing is just pulling the tattoo out sure uh, pulling the ink out mm-hmm. that's super like cool actually think, i like <sighs> to think spiritual Lico has that tattoo in the sword or maybe the sword has a tattoo. But there's, oh, a sta- no. there's a statue. There's a statue. There's a statue of Liko with that tattoo on the statue. <laughs> People are like, who's that random man? Who's that guy on the? Why did you put that on, on the, the statue? On the yeah, statue. Yeah, the statue they tried to remake it like, like six times. It just kept showing up. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh, that's funny. But, there is also in in that too. There is that um that thread of um the the like people running the like illegal like fraud ring yeah inside of the like wrestling thing that knew who ren was and i had every intention of having them be there when you went to kiyoshi island but the events of which you went to kiyoshi island were so much more like dire that i was like it would be too much you know what i mean like i'm just gonna mm. drop that there's already so much going on i was, I was would... waiting for them to pop up around any corner yeah and, uh, yeah you're right. so, like they couldn't they couldn't even hold a candle to the stuff we were facing at the end so it was like yeah. i don't even know if they would add you know it's like oh <laughs> no, man, there's it, some it, mobsters it would have oh. just been a weird like shoehorn thing and so i was yeah. like whatever let's in the end we all just had a ton of money that we used to live good lives <laughs> that's yeah. right that's you probably right. about the farm with that money yeah i imagine ren eventually oh, yeah. would be like i want to go get that naginata i'm gonna go get it sure yeah yeah oh <laughs> but yeah i believe we met we had met melor and hen mm-hmm. at that village mm-hmm. and they led us to the enclave which led into a crazy arc <laughs> yeah where a lot of things happened <laughs> um yeah no <laughs> that was so yeah i i want to jump in this to into this immediately and i guess this is kind of skipping well well i we guess we can I'll talk about wait. the arc as a whole we can yeah, jump yeah, yeah. back and forth yeah, yeah. so obviously arc. we changed playbooks right mm, i yeah. think it is yeah it is so much more accurate to see that change as the characters had changed those playbooks kind of a while before that Mm -hmm. and this was just the most opportune moment for us as players to then actually mechanically switch that over and like yeah reveal that change um because che probably should have been not the successor since like it probably halfway through season one, definitely <laughs> after season one. For oh, sure. yeah. Yep. Um, and I think Rosic stopped being Chase Guardian at season one, like at the end of season one, like at mm-hmm. least. So like mm-hmm. uh, our playbooks being so intrinsically linked, I feel like there's some sort of at least some like, um, I don't know, like nar- narrative harmony in that we like it took the resolution of our relationship 
to then be like, okay, these are the playbooks that we're playing, and these, yeah. these, mm-hmm. this is the path that we are taking. Yeah. And I think that was really, yeah. Um, there's another question cool. from yeah, a listener that is related to this, so I think mm-hmm. it might be a good time to ask it, which is um, specifically, and I'd love to hear Danny and Nick's thoughts on this. Why do you think that the ward mechanic didn't really work out that well? And then, um, well, why don't we why don't we talk about that, and then we can just that first part of the question. Yeah. Um, well, there was a lot of just forgetting, and I think it might have. <laughs> I think it might have had to do with what was happening in the fiction too because it got to the point where shade stopped stopped feeling like there was like sword mm. you know there's a there's a yeah. sort of a point where rosak sort of stopped feeling that need like oh chain needs me to protect him yeah which especially showed um in season two for sure hmm I feel like for me it was always like a, a like a multifaceted thing. I feel like this is just my opinion. I feel like for the ward mechanic to really work, whoever your ward is has to have some vulnerability mm. that needs them to be protected. And it always felt like Shay because he was like he was a pretty competent fighter and yeah. tactician. And so like, what was Rosic protecting him from? You know what right? I mean? Yeah. That's why, like, well, I think that's, I kind of like that, though. I liked how that worked out. And, like, it was always, like, kind of like, why, why is, yeah, why are you what, here? Is, what is Rosic protecting you from? What is, yeah. why are you making him your ward? And I thought the answer to that question was always going to be the conversations with Sanfen and, and mm. Malzo. Mm. That's, like, those conversations, those interactions were, like, the culmination of that relationship. Because I don't think Rosic realized it, but I think yeah. Rosic was going, trying, wanted unconsciously even to protect Che from yeah what was probably drama. going to be the yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. That, and I like that. so That's a good way between the it. the fight with Nazal at the end and the obviously the conversation with Sanfen. That's when it became like abundantly clear. Yeah. Oh, now there really is nothing to protect him from because yeah. it's all yeah. happened. Like... <laughs> and then. Like the the other key thing I think of that the ward mechanic is that at least that I find at least one of the more interesting ones is that you the the guardian can always find their ward, yeah. and Che never left the group. Never left. He never, never left the group. He I got did. pissed when everyone else left. That one time during the night, he snuck away for a little powwow. <laughs> to look at all the tanks. To look at all the tanks. There's a one so time. That was flex on me. But I was sleeping. Rolling was sleeping. Yeah. I can yep. Let's wake up. Jay's gone. Jay wasn't. Jay was you not could going have, anywhere. I could have. Yeah, yeah. No. You could have. That could have been how you but like also, how that mechanic yeah. comes out. You're like you just have the, like also a weird that, sense. But also, that Jay's in trouble. That was the first time we really saw Jay interact with his dad on air yeah it's true like i want to see how this plays out Mm -hmm. yeah that's a good call yeah no and after that after che like broke down and opened up to everyone he was never he was never gonna leave he was never it was not on the cars in the cars that's great like che was always Um, a very open book do you feel like you would come with kind of the character concept in mind and then chose a playbook or did you kind of like look at the playbook and you're like, these are the these are the moves and abilities I want, which is very D and D. Um, I think when we were creating Chain Rose, like 
I think Nick and I, we had talked about be, our characters being siblings. Yeah, loosely. And then, what well, we had picked our playbooks first, actually. Yeah. And mm. then I think you were like, well, I have this ward mechanic in this playbook. And I was like, okay, I'll be your like, brother. Oh, that's man. perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll be your brother. And then we... it, Because I only went into creating Che with the idea that, like, I really wanted him to have, like, this, like, like, half half earth kingdom half fire nation like very like precarious position um and i feel like you came into it with like i you know more kind of focus more on the mechanics um mm. so yeah i guess i picked the successor but not for like the specific moves but for like yeah. it it's supposed to like tackle the those themes yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. for sure <laughs> how about the rest of you I haven't listened to character creation in a bit, but I believe that <laughs> um, I chose to be a non-bender just because I went last and everyone else chose a unique type of bending that was different than the others. And I was like, I'll just be the not bender. And then uh, <laughs> when it came to playbooks, I think you suggested it, Justin. Um, yeah. And I don't remember why, but I looked at the questions and the questions helped me shape Ren right away. I was like, sure. oh, for sure. Here's the thing that's yeah. hard for Ren. Here's the, and yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I usually, yeah, I usually, I think I asked like, I think you're having trouble. And I was like, well, just tell me like what you're envisioning for the character. And then maybe we'll throw out a few playbooks that I think that's really, yeah. oh, sorry. I was going to say, I think it's really indicative of the system that like, it's so much easier. It's so much easier to pick the playbook first and then kind of just like let the character. Yeah. Call yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. I think it can go either way. Pretty, Cause like I, picked so i was originally going to play a waterbender from the northern water tribe and had this whole like mm. backstory for them everything kind of selected mm. and i picked the hammer for their that. playbook and then just at the last minute was like actually i think i want to be an airbender and so this story doesn't make any sense and so yeah then i formed osa around the hammer playbook and then same thing sure. happened with shoban yeah, yeah, yeah. i picked the playbook first I mean, this is not the same thing but i picked the playbook first built Shoban based on the playbook but when Osa came back I knew I was going to do a different playbook and so I picked the playbook based on the things that were different about Osa and everything he'd already gone through yeah yeah I at least when I've created characters I will do that sometimes I'll look at the playbooks but I'll look at the questions um, I don't look at yeah. the moves that they take um, I'll look at the questions because sometimes I'll come with like a loose idea of like oh this is the type of character I want to play and then I'll find the playbook that kind of like helps me flesh that out and sometimes I'll like look at the questions and be like, "These are cool. I can already envision a character like out of out of this." As a general like player, I, I mean, definitely in this, that is how I've approached it. Uh, as a general player, there are times where I've like been like, "This class is cool, so I'm going to play this class." Oh, it's got yeah. cool moves. Uh, and what the one time I've done that with Avatar Legends was in uh, we did the, <laughs> the special yeah. with uh, um, no the Patreon listeners, not not. That was a nothing recorded in Danny's yeah, campaign. Yeah. yeah, nothing recorded. It was just a mini campaign. Yeah. I played an elder and I built him to be on like just a force in combat. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, no, that's that was that was a fun little uh, campaign we ran. We yeah. sometimes it do is. that uh, if you're listening to this uh, on our Patreon. Um, sometimes we'll, we we did that. We it was like a giveaway, and I I GM'd. Uh, was it four four sessions five sessions somewhere around there something like that yeah, yeah. that was fun I told a pretty good story out of that <laughs> fun times fun times 
Fun times, fun times. Oh. Um, this is actually kind of related. I feel like since we're talking about this, Koro uh, uh, asked um, the fly, a flying bison as a companion for Yip Yip. Um, were there times that um, it's basically like, did you did you want to have a bison, or would you rather not due to the name and the canon of it? And then, were there any times that I restricted or limited player choices? for canonical or branding reasons like when you're creating characters yeah i don't remember you ever i'll answer the first part first i don't remember you ever restricting anything other than occasionally sorry for calling you out but so there were times you're like danny you can't do that that's too goofy but other than that i can't remember you ever (laughs) telling us that we couldn't do anything specific but i remember there being times where i was like i wanted you to restrict something more because I was just thinking about the lore and I was like, this just wouldn't work. <laughs> <laughs> like what? what were you thinking of? Um, I'm curious. Uh, there, so I feel uh, there was a time where I forgot which character, but a character was able to pick up summon. No, so the first part of it was Liko's bloodbending. Mm. I was like, she's the most powerful waterbender in the world right now. <laughs> and yes, I remember being she very, is. I remember being very heated about it at first, but then I kind of, kind of, I fell into it more and I was like, all right, this is fine. At least she's on our side, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I remember at first being like, for now. <laughs> for now. <laughs> that um, is, that's interesting. <clears throat> and like, literally even in that moment, I was like, well, we have to explain why she can bloodbend right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I I think I feel like in, in at least character creation, to be specific about that, for player choices, like I felt like I was more concerned with with the canon than just was. I was like <laughs> coming up with all these reasons, like okay, it could be like this secret operation, and that's why there's Fire Nation <laughs> soldiers in the Earth Kingdom. I just was like, yeah, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I love that idea. That's a dope story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, all right, okay. uh, yeah. <laughs> flying bison, flying bison is not canon, and I, I love that. I mean, it could I, be canon. We're canon but, compliant. Well, there, is a little most bit of the fine. Yeah. I here's the thing. I feel like we did a pretty good job of at least attempting to explain why yeah. we're close enough to canon that it wouldn't be a consideration. Were yeah. there things we messed up? Probably, like Nick said. <laughs> I'm not a lore person. I don't have the canon just flipping through my head right now. I have a decent <laughs> understanding of it. Yeah. But... We're, we're canon compliant <laughs> um, the way that any I... given Transformers movie is canon compliant, where, like, it oh, definitely yes. breaks some of yeah, the canon, yeah, yeah. but it's close enough. Yeah. 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 Like, it, this is like a, yeah, totally. Exactly. Um, yeah. I... And to the bison question, I think we would have been okay with a bison. We just didn't end up with one. Actually, yeah, so I was going to say, I'm not I feel the opposite. It. Really? Well, so for Osa really specifically, I really didn't want one because when he, when you guys met him, yeah, outside of the Air Nation being destroyed, he did not. He intentionally didn't take a bison with him. I mean, at the age he was mm-hmm. when he left the Air Nomads, he would have been given a bison. There was a bison at the Air Temple that was his when everything went mm-hmm. down, oh, but he didn't take so it with him worse. because he yeah. was leaving those Jeez. bombs to the Air Nomads behind. Wow, that That's means so the bison died. Yeah. yeah, it does. That's really sad. That's really sad. No, it was a. It was very funny. Like when Monroe is creating the icon and got to that question about 
the EAPAP Animal Companion. She chose that. And we were like, all right, what do you want? She's like, I want a dragon. And I think I was like, <laughs> well, <laughs> we can't have a dragon, but maybe we can find something that works for you. <laughs> and I think that's how we landed on an auto dragon. So nope. that is a time where you kind of restricted someone's choices, dude. <laughs> I was gonna say that was that was part of that kind of yeah. leads back to the choice well, restriction. Well, I, there, it'd be there really hard. Two, there are only two ways that I'm really gonna restrict character choices. Like 99% of the time, I'm just gonna let you run it. Like to Nick's point, like there's sleeper cell agents of like Fire Nation soldiers across the Earth Kingdom. That sounds cool. I would love to explore that story. That sounds awesome. But like if if Danny's gonna introduce some goofy thing, I'm gonna be like, no, that's not gonna work. And then if someone's gonna break something that like on the surface is so against canon that I'm like, I don't think I I can't imagine a way in which I can make that make sense. Like I, I can imagine, Avatar. yeah, right. Like I can imagine a world where like a sleeper cell of Fire Nation soldiers are in the Earth Kingdom. There are many ways that makes sense. Why does your waterbender have a dragon? <laughs> yeah. Also, it, it would have completely, cool, Justin. It would have completely cool. changed the story. It would have been so hard if our group was riding an animal that was being actively hunted by the fire nation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, to a certain extent, Rue technically was. It's just harder to identify. Yeah, yeah. We, did, we dipped into that a little bit, but you're right. It yeah. would have been more on the nose. Mm-hmm. Been pretty on the nose. For All sure. right, y'all. I got to hop on a plane. Thank Bye. you. See you, Steve. Safe Bye. travels. Also, Thank they'll you. probably Flight. just let you walk on. You don't need to hop, but... I am required to hop. I oh, saw sorry. a sign. Got it. Bummer. <laughs> One of those plays. Gotta respect the rules, Johnny. All right, y'all. See you. Bye. Bye, Steve. Bye. So there's and a few we things. never saw him again. Yeah, that wasn't even Steve. That was his AI. <laughs> um, that was Deep Sturgeon. There's a few things we can talk about. We already talked about the playbook change. Um, <laughs> a lot of things happened here. The Chaco date. Osa and Rosak leaving. Um... Chain out trying to help help find the touch of winter's sky and destroying okay. some things. Yeah. <laughs> okay. My favorite part of this though, and I am purposefully avoiding that experience. Uh my favorite part one of my favorite parts of this arc legitimately was that y- you and Osa both left and you both had these like mirrored conversations with these characters mm. that have opposite opposite relationships with, right? Mm. Because Ketsune was Osa's friend and now is like this like like uh, black and like evil kind of dude and Naozel was bad to Rosic and now is like trying to reach trying to do something trying to be like it was always for you you know and Mm -hmm. this strange like reverse relationship and I loved that those were like juxtaposed against each other yeah really liked that whole experience in that art I remember I'm with I'm with Nick. I think those are two of my favorite conversations across. Mm-hmm. I think all and I love that season. your answers mirrored each other because you both yeah. rejected what you were yeah. offered. Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. It's just great. That's funny. I remember when I was preparing for Rosak's trip to Bossing Say, I had thought like, all right, he's going to go talk to Tanfen. And then he's going to go talk to Naozao. And then he's going to, you know, like tell him what it is. But his conversation with Sanfan ended up affecting him and me mm. as a player a lot more than I expected it to mm. compared mm. to the conversation with Naozao. I don't know if that was just 
because like it was basically purely improvised on my part whereas i had like no i had like an outline for the conversation with Naozao. but no i remember that conversation with sanfen being like i was like oh god <laughs> i also i it'd be interesting too like it was um anytime you guys talk to Naozao in the second season was always a weird thing <clears throat> for me because so much of like his character in the first season is about like his wielding of power and like knowing that he has more power than anyone he talks to mm-hmm. and he doesn't have that at all and so like w- like who was Naozao like how does he, he, he like he is not as bravioso as he was in the first season because he like he has literally nothing and so that always was like an interesting dynamic for me whenever you guys went to talk to Naz, I was like what like what what where is he at right now like he's just been down here like <laughs> that's actually it's really funny that you say that because that was a hundred percent my motivation in making it so che could not lava bend yeah um because mm-hmm. in my mind che had cut off that connection but also mm. che didn't know who he was without now either yeah, mm. yeah and yeah. i said like i had the goal of like deepening relationships but che turned to those relationships because he didn't know what was going on with himself yeah, right yeah and that was the yeah. whole point of that arc of of his so it's very interesting that you had the same thing going on with now yeah mm. i mean that's i mean i feel like that's what happens when you're in a, a meshed dependent relationship like that. Yeah. <laughs> you get out and you're like who who am i What's going on? <laughs> uh, I do have to say though, Katsun, when he said, uh, he said one of the most vile things I've ever heard. He was like, he was talking about his yeah. people, yeah, dying, completely disappearing, and just yeah, didn't didn't care. Just yeah. was like, it's whatever, dude. And yeah. I, I, I was like, oh. <laughs> I, I had trouble, <laughs> I had trouble with that scene, just like being literally being able yeah. i had the ability to to cut in and be like you're garbage <laughs> the fact that i could have unmuted myself and said that was was uh really gnawing at me <laughs> yeah, johnny i'm i'm curious your your thoughts that was i that was one of the hardest conversations that i had to like gm in yeah. the entire second season yeah i mean i think that there was i think for me going into that conversation and that was an incredibly difficult conversation a difficult scene trying to like put myself in those shoes and like be in character for um Mm. i think like where my head was at was just thinking about the lessons that osa had learned from the people he'd been with up to this point and going in and Mm. things that they'd seen together and ketsun is his oldest friend in the world and he didn't go into that, even with Ketsun saying some of those things, he didn't go into that seeing Ketsun as an enemy, even though he kind of knew mm-hmm. that's where Ketsun was. And so for him, yeah. I think there was like a lot of like Ren's influence in that conversation for Osa being feeling mm-hmm. him going into that feeling a sense of confidence that like none of this is going to matter at the end of the day because I'm going to help you one way or another. I'm going to help you. Yeah. Mm-hmm yeah i love that that's I, you say that's Ren's influence but that's definitely the way che started yeah. viewing his friendships yeah there's so a lot of che maybe that is too. just i think it's the a core bit of it was always ren yeah because yeah. like che every time somebody like betrayed the team he was just like 
it's gonna be fine (laughs) 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 we're gonna figure it out it's whatever yeah yeah i guess i say like ren's influence because there was like this level of pulling away that he wasn't going to allow you know right sorry justin no i think and i honestly i think it's more accurate to say che acted that way because of ren's influence so Mm. rather than say it was like yeah we said it so many times that Ren is Ren is the heart and soul mm-hmm. of oh, yeah. your group, for sure. Yeah. No, I was telling Danny, like, I think that was one of the hardest conversations because I don't think we had seen Katsune again up until the second season. Like we no, knew he was, was out the, there. We yeah. knew he was a villain. And that was when we saw him again. And <laughs> Steve played him as such a himbo <laughs> in Osa's <laughs> like last test flashback. Yeah. And I was like, I he, yeah. Like that can't be his defining trait. He can't just be dumb if he's going to be an antagonist. <laughs> and not because like it'd like be one, found a perfect, perfect. It'd be one, right it'd be, yeah, right. It'd be one thing if it was like a Kronk like minion. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like we were setting him up as like an antagonist, and I was like, yeah. I can't just be dumb. And so I think I kind of, I, I think I, I was like, all right, I have to set on this like indifference yeah well i think that apathy comes across much worse than any sort of antipathy would have yeah yeah yep that's why i was saying that like it's it is it's worse that he doesn't care at all that everyone's dead like it is so much worse yeah i mean especially now like no i was just gonna say like knowing to and we'll talk about it at some point like knowing that osa like eventually saved katsune from that yeah. Like I was thinking about that conversation when he was saved and just like feeling the crushing weight of like how indifferent he had been the entire time. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's interesting too. like, nah, I'm just thinking about this now, like the juxtaposition of these two who were once best friends and one of them who, who could not be bothered with the fact that he is surrounded by the dead bodies of his people who were just killed, mm. having a conversation with mm. a guy who, literally killed himself to get revenge for what had happened yeah yeah oh, that's good oh. woof that okay so, so cool. now we can go over Che's mistakes so <laughs> the, <laughs> the whole the whole was in a museum was in a museum you raided what happened yeah so Che Che was just like the touch of winter probably looks really cool I bet that would that would be an interesting thing to have on the table or something during a day. Just a table setting piece. <laughs> Does that make any sense? No. And when you're that age, none of your ideas make any sense when it comes to romance. Not a single, not oh, a yeah. single one. <laughs> and so the whole thing was just this expression of like, and I mean, I think some of it is still like an expression of that jealousy that he had never resolved, and like mm. those emotions and wanting to feel closer to someone because. Mm. At that point, the Rosic relationship was getting really strained, and it was becoming yeah. very apparent that yeah. uh, there was something going on there, yeah. and that something was going to happen soon. And so, just really wanting, and also like Osa kind of leaving, like while Che was like all right with it, it was like he just kind of failed again, and it's like I, I don't feel great about that. And Ren's just just really trying to do this thing, so whatever, Ren, we'll just go do it, and I'll get something <laughs> out of it. And I think I think it was like the lowest point as like a like as an arc of like a person like trying to be a good person for Che because yeah. Yeah. he was just totally it was like the one time where it was like 
you know what? Screw you. Screw your boat. And then he crushed it <laughs> <laughs> to get rid of his status condition. And it was, uh, it was, it was cathartic. <laughs> Where is this thing? And I like, yeah. I like that it was immediately apparent to everyone else that <laughs> Shay did yep. not care at all about that. Yep. <laughs> so funny. I remember that song. I mean, I'm sorry. No, no. I was just gonna say, like, it's because Rosic and Osa left that I was like, yeah. well, we have to have something for the other ones too. Like, it can't just be, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, yeah, yeah. that whole thing, that, that whole scene came about because Rosic and Osa left. <laughs> Was Red yeah, just sort and, of and also kind letting of distant it happen at that point too? <laughs> what was I guess? Yeah, Ren came with you, right? Well, yeah, Ren got was... trapped outside for most of the fight. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at the end, I was like, they were like, "Can you please clean up all this like crystal crap?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." And I just crushed <laughs> <laughs> oh, with it. I was like, "Oops, sorry." And <laughs> sorry. I just <laughs> my bad. <laughs> oh, I just moved in a way I didn't expect. Oh, <laughs> but yeah, no. Even even Liko had been getting like cold at that point because yeah, she had just yeah. yeah had a discovery. What was it? What was she upset about at that point? Um, she was like was not she, talking. She well, oh well, she was upset because uh, Rosic oh, took yeah, the room. Rosic that was one oh, thing yeah. that she was yeah. very yeah. upset about. <laughs> yeah, and we like couldn't talk to her for days. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> hilarious yeah. i do love that it culminated in in the date too i think that was a nice like bow on mm -hmm. we all came least, back like Lico's and and shay's stuff mm. we came back we were like we'll help you buddy help you help you set up a date man like, it's all right. sorry we left you don't need you don't need to rob this town's ancient artifact to have a good day i was just out. gonna borrow it <laughs> <laughs> oh god Hilarious. And then Rosic and Che had one of the craziest conversations of their lives in the middle of a death race. Yeah. <laughs> what? When would we have that conversation? <laughs> what, like, what else? That's the best time to have a conversation. The only time that they're alone race. together is during a death race. It's during a death race. <laughs> hey, I mean, honestly, like race. I that think, was, yeah, dude, yeah. awesome. There are certain ways in which, like, I I tend to believe with that arc or that scene <clears> that. There are plenty of if you had asked at any point the other three in the party to like give us some space so we can have a conversation, they all would have happily done so. But the two of you as characters yeah, no. would not have had that conversation unless you were forced to be oh, alive. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Dude, I love the whole during the countdown, the Yeah. You're the one so I forgot. Good. And we're like just being like, I know. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah oh god that yeah. was so cool very fun <laughs> that's really i mean fun. let me just say like i those are one of those moments where like you know you find you find your group right and you all start vibing on the same level like because i knew that the three of us all saw that exact same scene like we could feel the tension of it we could build up to it like it was just like i didn't have to like hint that it was happening like i just start and i know that you guys are like on that same page as well yeah too, so it's fun. Yeah. It's fun playing. That was good. Yeah. That was fun. That it was is fun. fun. Yeah, the conversation afterwards was just like oh. something that I tried to be a really prevailing thought, and I think I've said this before, but something that I tried to have as a very prevailing thought as to like how Che was different because he forgot Rosic is that Che had to leave alone, right? Yeah. He had to. No one came to save him. 
Yeah. And that's this version of Che. Yeah. And um just like recontextualizing like all of the bits of like backstory that I'd written for him. Yeah. Um was very difficult but also very like powerful in that conversation. Yeah. yeah. And it was mm-hmm. um and I think the like you came you came to get me question i don't know if that went like over some of the listeners heads but like that 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 was a really important piece of of information mm. yeah like mm. i always knew that that would be the heaviest the most like powerful thing that rosa could say to che at this point and when you yeah. explained that you had gone to get him he was like oh yeah that's I think, why i think that's I why this works like, that's why we were close i was like yeah i was there i think i might have like yeah yeah oh dude that was i, just, I, I think <sighs> I think I've said it before I, that over two seasons, I think is one of the most heartbreaking things any of your characters have had to go through. So kudos to you, Nick, for like mm-hmm. introducing that. Cause I think <laughs> you said that and all of us were like, Oh, jeez. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, and then we changed playbooks. And then you changed playbooks. Rose like wow. a Jay started their, thirst for killing each other that happened right was a thing yeah you tried to kill me a couple times yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> well but then i have uh, not listening to my plans the spirit library yeah, yeah, yeah. then we get to the spirit library oh yeah uh and there's a note in here about it but just to finish up that last arc the an npc that was created in a random flashback it did end up becoming very important and that's kind of uh it's pretty cool yeah yeah, the fact that Ketsune was a one-shot character, yeah, made made to be a one-shot character, which he kind of wanted the whole like he was a himbo. I feel like Steve sort of made him like oh, I'm just gonna make this really dumb guy and play him and finish playing him in an hour and it's gonna be fine. And yeah, there you go. I mean, yeah, history. kudos to you, Justin. You talked about how difficult it was to like revamp him a little bit. It it really feels like a continuation of the same character. Mm-hmm. It does Amazing. not feel like yeah. a different mm-hmm. character with the same name. Yeah. That worked yeah. out really well. Anyways. <sighs> just want to say that. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, the spirit library. Some things happened here. And Rosa left <laughs> he's getting there. Snuck away. Was a challenge. <laughs> getting there was a challenge. Yeah. Once we got there, Rosa like, sneaks away. Uh Che Dude, writes a Doctor Seuss book. <laughs> I <laughs> In hindsight, <laughs> like there's a level at which I understand why Rozak felt like he needed to do what he did in the library. <laughs> On like a thousand foot practical, like as a player, even from Osa's <laughs> perspective as a character, it still drives me crazy because it was so unnecessary. <laughs> if Rozak had <laughs> said anything about his intentions to literally anyone else in the group every single one of us would have been like oh yeah we'll help you find your dad man <laughs> yep. not even not even and i'd like to be clear che then mentally basically had confirmed like held that inside of him he's like oh rosic is now interested in his father we'll just help him whenever that comes up yeah like that became a permanent <laughs> thing moving yeah, forward yeah. after that happened and it's you still didn't trust us with it. yep you just never asked you can't just get over trust issues after an episode of something happening okay yeah no i it think was the whole season i think everybody else in the party was on that exact same page nick it was just like a thing of like if rosa had asked for 
any help. We all would have given all of the help we could. (laughs) (laughs) Instead, Uh, she's just like, I'm going to make myself the least trustworthy member of the party. Uh, I loved it as the GM because it was just more tension and drama and we could cut scenes. Yeah. And, I know yeah. as a player, I was like, I really want Rosek to just start breathing fire on old books. And I was like, I don't want any of the other players to be around for that. So. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, oh. I, yeah. So <sighs> at this point, and I know Justin, you had said that you, like, it's after the, um, the Halloween kind of special, you were kind of trying to kind of trying to rethink spirits and those encounters. Mm-hmm. But I think Che had gotten to that point too of like, yeah. okay, I can't fight these things. I, yeah. I just have to accept that. And like, how how do I fight them, quote unquote, um, effectively? Mm-hmm. And it, I I I don't know if I played it that way, but I wanted it to seem like Che had spent like most of the trip there, just like trying to think about like spirits and what like what is at their core how do you address like these corruptions and and these things like that so yeah and that's that's kind of why i wanted i went for that very different resolution yeah Yeah. for him justin you were i know when we were talking you were saying how you sort of gave the obstacle of the corruption of the spirit library and you did not have any solution in mind you're like, what are they going to come up with? Like, I'm yeah. gonna throw, I mean, that's, throw this. Yeah. That's generally how I approach or try to approach GMing in Powered by the Apocalypse is, mm-hmm. and it's, I think, my favorite thing, right? Like, when you do D&D, um, the thing that I hate the most about it, I started playing Baldur's Gate, which is an incredible game. <laughs> Baldur's Gate 3, if you haven't played it, it's great. But there, even in that, there are times when it's like, um, I have to roll a check. And if I don't hit the target number, then I fail and I don't get to progress that part of the story. And that always feels terrible to me that like yeah. to progress the story, you've got to hit this check or like do this specific thing in order to like unlock the thing. And so I try my hardest to just be like, and Wanshi Tong is corrupted. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there are ways to make that yeah, feel better no. in D anD D, which we don't need to get in the weeds on that. But there are, no, there totally no, are. Yeah. But I, it, it's <laughs> it's much easier. And like, if when I do do D anD D in Pathfinder, like I I I, I add that approach. But it's just so much more easy and natural in Powered by the Apocalypse. Like yeah, I don't yeah. have to be thinking of solutions. Mm-hmm. I can just be like, here's the problem, and wait for you guys to come up with something that feels like not only cool but like narratively appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's usually like what I'm looking for. Like if if um, I'm waiting for for it to to uh, progress to that. And so when Che in this yeah. moment is like, I'm gonna add a piece of knowledge, being like my relationship with my father. I'm like, that's that is an excellent solution to this problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I feel I like, will say especially like... after playing. Oh, sorry. No, oh, good. Oh no, I was I was gonna say um I feel like after especially after playing in a system for like over a year at this point, that's gotten us more used to like the collaborative storytelling that the system calls for. Like really helps with that too. Like we're like, oh yeah. 
how to do that. Also, a uh, side note, uh, really loved your explanation of like the library, like going down and kind of like going mm-hmm. into the spirit, the spirit world. world. That yeah. was yeah. awesome. Yeah. That, that was sick. Cool. I just wanted to say that. Anyways, moving on. Oh yeah, I was just gonna say like in terms of like any of the puzzle type things that we came up against between the two seasons entirely, like I feel like that right up until you came up with your solution, Nick, I I I think that was the most lost I'd ever felt, or like at a loss for any sort of like resolution I'd ever felt. Mm. Which was good. I felt like that was a good thing. I was like, how do we get out of this? I really don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I wasn't even. I I don't know. I I had been thinking about it all week in between episodes. I was like, <laughs> "What do we do?" Oh, and that was super cool. I though. think it that's was super part of, cool. That's part of the thing, right? Like you, um, there are going to be times when Nick feels stuck. He's like, "I don't know how to solve this," but Johnny has thought of something. You know what I mean? Like you, you learn to like trust your your players as well too. That like even if you don't have something, they're gonna have something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no, yeah we can trust that. Danny to have something. Danny hey, will come dude, up with something. Trust Danny it'll to be say a bad idea, but it'll be something. Dude, Rosic yeah. like, was like the lead, the leading force of escaping um, Lake Laogai at the end of season one, okay? so Rosic <laughs> was the leading force in a lot of our plans. Jay... <laughs> Che, when he remembered Rosic, like learning to just like trust Rosic's plans innately, was not like, uh, oh, I love my brother, so I'm just gonna yeah. give it. It was your plans work, and I don't know why, but they do. I may be misremembering. So I'm going to listen to you, but like my interpretation, I always felt like it was like Rosic comes up with these plans. We just decide, all right, we'll run with that plan, and we kind of like let Rosak run his leg of the plan to get him out of the way while the rest of us do stuff that's going to actually work. (laughs) (laughs) That definitely, it started like that 100%, but I think for Che, it shifted at some point where his plans just started working and he was like, okay, (laughs) we gotta do it. Princey Prawns? Okay. Um, Princey Prawns? Okay. (laughs) I'm gonna say... uh, I've, we've gone. We talked through the first half. Next week, we'll, we'll talk about the end of the campaign mm-hmm, and yeah. maybe sort of the campaign as a whole. I would love to. We've got about fifteen minutes. Let's let's try and get some questions in. Yeah, yeah. please. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we have some live ones here. Let's <sighs> do the funny mm. one. We got a live one here. We got a live one. What's the funny one, Nick? Anyone? Okay, this is from Fagpo. Anyone else think think of a pangolin every time Pangolin was in the scene? Yes, every the single time. Is, yes. yes, obviously, <laughs> every single time I thought of a pangolin. Sometimes I thought about Sandshrew, Sandslash. Okay, Wait, which one is the? One yeah, one? yeah, that's the one that looks like a pangolin. Yeah, <laughs> every time. That's so. Uh, yes, I did not. <laughs> um. Also from Fagmo, I guess a more serious question. Uh, and I'm asking this, so sorry, Dan. Oh, no, uh, for those no, of you, I trust you who have kids, how do you find time to dedicate yourself mm. to the podcast? How do you balance family and game life? <laughs> so for those, for, for uh, I guess audience information, the ones with kids are, are Justin and John. So that is who we are yeah. asking. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I'll, 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 uh, reveal a little bit of my personal life here um like there's because there's a couple things here right like i have some serious mental health issues and this is very very important to me and it helps me kind of stay sane in some really significant ways and so 
I, I have an amazing partner who understands that and so just takes on a lot of extra responsibility during the times that we're going to be recording so that I have the physical, mental, and, and social space to participate, to, to be a part of this. Mm. Right. Awesome. Uh, not very well. It's, I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's, it's, it's difficult. It's yeah. difficult. Um, yeah, this is really important to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so I put, I, I put a decent amount of work into this and, uh, yeah, sometimes that means there's some weeks, um, that I, I spend a little bit more with family and sometimes there's weeks, uh, that most nights I'm, I'm doing stuff for this. Uh, it's just kind of, kind of what it is. So yeah. I'm going to leave it at that for yeah. now. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, 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 I'm looking at some of the questions that we have from discord here. We asked yeah. most of them already. Pacbo Do you have any ask, other questions in Twitch? Um, uh, yeah, there's another one here from anymore. Fakbo I'd love to talk about because I, I was thinking about this while we looked for more. But uh, did any of our characters end up having children in their lives or adopt? And that's what so, I was just, yeah, that's what okay, I was looking at. Yeah. What were their names and were they benders? Um, I don't, did, did Che have any kids at any point or did he spend his life alone? Uh, I, I know think you Shay like, mostly spent his life alone, but I think, oh, no, I just think he would have, if, if, if Che stumbled upon a child, Che would take that child. Out. <laughs> what and I think that happened. I think that's a kidnapping. A child, <laughs> yeah, not like a, a kidnapping. <laughs> okay, sorry. A child that was un, un, unaccounted for needed help. Uh, a very costly every, situation. Every child right? Che met became his. <laughs> he stole. No. Just that's stole them all. Serial kidnapping. He was a menace across the Earth Kingdom. <laughs> no, no. He he uh, he would find kids like that, like Casa. Yeah. Um, and you. a lot yeah, of them yeah. probably wouldn't be like children, but like. Yeah maybe even towards an adult age the yeah. age that we all were during the campaign yeah and um, I think he would have done that a lot over the course of his life and yeah. to some extent I think those would have been his his children yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, Rosa starting a PP University <laughs> kind of took some of his students under his wing <laughs> wait Johnny what were you going to say were you going to say something about Shane no I wasn't going to say anything about Che I was, but I, I think that this is probably all intertwined I know Steve and I have talked about like Ren and Osa once they had their farm definitely both of them spent time going other places and I think at a certain point especially as the Fire Nation continued to spread their reach there were lots of children left without parents and so uh, Ren and Osa started just adopting countless children and fostering countless children bringing them to not countless yeah. there's like a limit to how many people you could take care of but bringing tons of yeah. kids to the to the farm who they felt like they could take care of yeah. and as some of those kids got older and could either help or move on they'd bring more in and just keep doing yeah. what they could to kind of mitigate the, the damage yeah and yeah so it's kind of equal but opposite che would have been like out there finding them and yeah. like bringing them along with him instead of like bringing them to it's just two different kinds of kidnapping yeah <laughs> it's not it's not kidnapping. 
No, like, but like um, I, the I'm, way I say that is connected is because like, I kind of imagine too that like some of the older kids that Shay found, maybe he sent Rosex way for PP University, and some of the younger <laughs> kids that didn't feel like they were like this kid's not going to be someone who wants to come with me or it's not safe for they're too young, whatever the case may be. Yeah. I imagine yeah. Shay would have been like, all right, I know, I know a great place and a, a great couple that you can be with, and I'm going to take mm, you. So, yeah. yeah. PP University. <laughs> I know a great place. You can get a good education. It's not accredited. No, I know a great place. You can get an education. And uh, not traditional at all. But you learn things. You'll learn something. I promise. There's one textbook that's handwritten. Oh, oh. There's one textbook that's shared across the, across the school. Um, Alyssa keeps talking about an art story. Oh yes, art character art story and what happened. Why we didn't end up getting oh, the character. Oh, oh, yes, yeah. okay. we did promise we'd tell it eventually. <laughs> we did say we'd pro. Um, so we hired someone through that Monroe knew that uh, was like, we'll do really like cheap character art for you. They make like movie posters, so like they're very professional, like incredible work. And we got a great deal on like being able to make movie poster quality pictures of our characters. It would have been amazing. And we had started. Yeah, they the started process sending some samples. Too, like, it was really good. We saw some samples, mm-hmm. and they were they were really cool. Um, it yeah, it felt it was like animated. It kind of had like a Disney, a more Disney esque feel. Um, like we have a picture of Rue, uh, like a, yeah. a prototype picture of Rue. Um, Maybe we'll put that up there now. Like after this comes out, we'll put it on our, our social media so people can see it. Um, and then the guy who was doing that for us um, passed away. And so we had paid that guy money to do this art for us. And his partner took over the work, but we did not pay that partner. We had paid the other guy. And so this artist was like, all right, I'll continue. But because it was free at that point, like it kind of just fell to the back burner for him. He had like, actual projects that were paying him. Mm. And uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, we just paid for art and we never kind of got it. Um, and now we're kind of, we're, we're, we're in a situation financially where like art is super expensive. Yeah. Um, not super expensive, but like it's, it's, it's a sizable More than investment up at the front. Mm-hmm. More than we have on hand. Exactly. And so, yeah, we're. I am constantly thinking about ways to get around that. Um, that is respectful to creators. Uh, that also doesn't break the bank of the podcast. So yeah, it's let's get around and more just find a solution. To exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. I don't mean like circumvent the circumstances more. It's like, what yeah. can we do? Like, we need art. How are we going to get art? <laughs> basically yeah yeah um so yeah that's the story uh i think yeah i'll do that on friday when when we drop this episode and people can listen to it and can hear the story i'll we'll put up the the picture of rue on social media um rue was cool cool looking i was it would have been really cool so I think that's that cool that's that that. that is indeed yeah that's the art story I have one last question. I feel like this is an important one to address because it's a really good question about the system. Um, and it's from Fat Morgan. Uh, <laughs> uh, it felt like as uh, our characters grew, 
they grew so strong that nothing could get in their way and they couldn't fail. Mm. Um, do you think this is the nature of the design of the game or, and the stories are supposed to end when you create new characters and then you create new characters? Or how mm. would you uh, continue to create interesting stories with these powerful characters? For example, it would felt like every role was plus three. Um, I think that's sort of a... Some of that is also our mastery of the system showing because... I don't know about you guys, but when I got started getting those much higher rolls of like plus two, plus three, I started trying to make sure that the things that I were rolling were on those stats. Oh, right? same. And yes. I did 100%. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm trying to roll reliance skills and training because my passion is these plus two. Obviously, I'm going to try to do that. You know, um, at one point it's plus three. Uh, and, and just that kind of approach to things. And by the end of the game, uh, Che had a plus plus positive positive scores in everything you had plus two in everything and plus one in harmony um and i think that is kind of the intention of the system i think that's a sign that you've advanced this character enough that their story is progressed enough and it's time to like figure out how to that, how, how they come to a close yeah and that's why they also yeah. mentioned in the rule book too they talk about like maybe it's time to play a new character or maybe your character changes playbooks and that's why when you do change playbooks it does kind of you lose a bunch rewind the advancement a little bit yeah yeah because i went from plus three passion to back to plus two because the things that take you to plus three are playbook moves and i had to remove some Mm -hmm. so yeah Mm -hmm. it's definitely part it's intentional in the system that like you start you kind of start being really good at stuff and succeeding yeah i think there are Um, there are ways where like justin as the gm could have made things more difficult and, and kind of stacked the odds against us and made made us fail maybe a little bit more often but that's also not the story we were telling and part of it being a collaborative storytelling yeah. thing collaborative storytelling more primarily and, and game secondarily um the, you know that with that not being the story we were trying to tell it didn't necessarily make sense for which is kind of goes back to like the conversation about like the spirits and those being kind of impossible to fight and that could have been what kept mm. happening and so it would have felt very different if we were constantly coming up against exclusively spirits um but yeah. uh ho- hopefully that makes sense i like kind of digress from there no. but. yeah and i think the last thing to say about it is that just like also remember that the system kind of has that intention built in so like moves like push your luck something bad happens anyways it doesn't yeah. matter how how good you succeed something yep. bad happens yeah yep. so like it doesn't really matter i mean it matters obviously that you're succeeding pretty consistently but like even if you have a normal success on uh, a reliance skills and training there is a complication that you have to face i mean you can not deal with it if you want by paying fatigue but that is still a cost you know so mm-hmm. there's parts of the system that kind of uh it's just relying on your skills and training push your luck always complication no fatigue right i was saying mm-hmm. right i know i said push your yeah. luck i said sorry maybe i said that backwards rely on your skills and training has like the success like even if you succeed there's the strong hit or the the weak hit has the complication weak hit yeah, has yeah. the complication yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. what i was trying to talk about yeah, yeah you're good. yeah no um i mean that was one of <laughs> some feedback that that i have received from other sources actually you could I, it's a comment on on the episodes someone was like uh this is like back in wanya they're like, why would the GM set up a situation in which these five heroes are a bunch of against a bunch of Earthbenders on the Earth? Like he he nerfed that encounter to let them win. And I was like, it's because it's Avatar, dude. Like 
Yeah. <laughs> of course they're going to win. Like any obstacle yeah. I put in front of them, even if I don't know the solution, I know there's a solution. I know that eventually they're going to find and it might cost them. And that did, right? Like that cost them a lot. Like um yeah. Kasa got hurt. Yeah. Um that was like huge. Um and so like that's the thing, right? Like just because you have high stats and roll well does not mean that there aren't going to be narratively interesting mm-hmm. complications to that character. Right. And, and, and to your but point, that is like why the- Oh, sorry. No, no, I was going to say but that is why like I think it was like three months into season two, I was like looking at advancement and I was looking at like, you know, how many episodes we had planned. And I was like, I think this is probably the last season for these characters. Cause after that mm. we would have to really play with the system to like, keep having you like take advancements yeah. moves and all that stuff. So, yeah, I, I was just gonna say like, I think to your point, like the, to, you work within the medium that you're you're telling the story in and for us we're in a world where like you watch both the last airbender and legend of korra and our heroes rarely fail and when they do it's either like reversed pretty quickly or entirely their fault and somewhere on that like spectrum of like the failures Mm -hmm. are their own fault or they were like like ang literally dies in book two but korra or katara brings him back right like that is a reversal and then the next episode, mm-hmm. the beginning of book three, they're playing at the beach. Like, it's like not. <laughs> yeah, <right>? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is just kind of like the theme of the story. And also, I'd, I'd argue that like, yeah, sure. Wanya, we got the win off, even though we prepped for it for like an entire episode. Sure. It was, it was just they were just nerfed. But like you also advanced to, to um, judge the next town. Gino? Um was you die. You die. You die. No, not you die. Not, not you not die. the woods. It? it was oh, the one sorry, of the... a couple of towns later. It started with the it was the spirit crow. Gino. 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 We straight up we straight Genu. up lost in Gino. Did we yes. straight up lose. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um which does not happen often in, in Avatar stories, but does happen. Because that same situation, yeah, the the consequent like the very close consequence of Aang dying definitely happened, but also they lost the earth kingdom <laughs> yeah yeah uh, and that was just like a permanent thing that, that mm-hmm. they did fail so yeah i mean it's still there we're, we're still getting those speeds in mm-hmm. yeah. we have so much more to talk about but that's gonna have to wait for next week mm-hmm. um you can join us live again we're gonna be covering the rest of this season and the crazy journey that our characters took. <laughs> but um, until then, Justin, did you have anything to add? Any? Um, no, I mean, yeah, we do this to give us a little break. Um, it's helpful. We're planning, uh, I'm planning to GM a game called External Containment Bureau with uh, a few of the old cast and the new cast as well too we're going to play that together it's going to be a ton of fun um and doing stuff like this just just helps give us a little bit of a break uh so we don't we don't have to like be going 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 Mm -hmm. so it's it's a nice break um and it's fun to just like hang out with you all and and talk about it um because some stuff happened man (laughs) oh yeah yeah (laughs) Cool. Well, uh, thank you so much for for sitting down with us, and we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 See you.
Flying Bison Podcast is an independent podcast. If you feel like directly supporting the show, please check out our Patreon. While the Flying Bison Podcast seeks to emulate the tone of Avatar The Last Airbender, this is an improv tabletop role-playing game, and the actors may briefly depict scenes with more mature story elements. Avatar Legends is developed and produced by Magpie Games. The worlds of Avatar The Last Airbender and Avatar The Legend of Korra are property of Viacom CBS. Intro music is Dizu by Sendai, and outro music is Tokyo Funk by LATG Music. Logo and art by Kate and Matthew Mankey. You can find more of their work at pomican.com. Link in the show notes.